You're listening to the Rossa Report, where information is power and knowledge is freedom. Now, your host, Michael Rossa. All right, welcome back to another podcast. This week, we're going to talk to the DeBrawl brothers, Corey, Jason, and Chris DeBrawl, who make up the Acoustic Act 3D. And Corey and Chris DeBrawl also were the founding members of my band, The Now, way back in 2000. We're going to talk to them about the very beginning stages of them performing and singing together as brothers. Also get into a little bit of the origins of The Now. And then talk to them about how they go about structuring their incredible harmonies. Talk a little bit about work-life balance and the current state of the uh, local scene. So sit back and enjoy the episode. All right, welcome to this week's episode. This week I have, of course... The DeBrawl Brothers, also known as 3D. Welcome, guys. Good evening. Hello. We have Corey DeBrawl, we have Chris DeBrawl, and we have Jason DeBrawl. So I wanted to bring the guys on today because I think they have a lot of value they can offer as being a, a three brothers that have been singing together their whole life and also with the uh, connection with the now, the very early days of the now, and with the stuff they're doing currently with their acoustic shows that they're continuous to do. So let's let's start back at the beginning and let's find out the uh, beginning of the story when you guys um, first started singing together. Obviously, a lot of people that are listening to podcasts know that I joined the band in 2005. And when I joined the band, uh, Corey and Chris were in the band. They were founding members of the band. So that's how I met those two guys back then. And Jason had been in the band uh, prior to me, correct? Yeah, for a brief stint, I was kind of a hired gun, if you will, uh, while there's some transitioning going on. So I don't know, guys, maybe six months kind of filled in as needed. As young as I can remember, this even goes before we started playing. Um, there's always music playing in the house. You know, our parents grew up listening to the Beatles, Doors, Beach Boys, you know, the 60s stuff. And and so we, I, from the time I can remember, I got hooked on the classic rock and, and the, the harmonies. And uh, I think by the time I turned 16 is when my close friend and I decided to, you know, we wanted to become rock stars. I got my first electric guitar. And uh, took some lessons, private lessons for a while. But uh, going back to the true roots, my, my grandfather, our grandfather, um, Edward, uh, had taught me how to play guitar. Uh, and that, again, that was right around uh, the age of 16. Um, he has a background of music, um, Croatian music. So he played what's called a tamaritza, which is somewhat similar to six string guitar, strung a little bit differently. But um, so he sat me down for a, a couple weekends and taught me chords. And, and from there, I, I kind of just kept the interest going. And, and then on a parallel path, I think both Corey and Chris, uh, barely in high school, um, started, uh, the, the chorus and singing and, and Chris, uh, purchased the Casio it was a Casio keyboard. At yeah, I think, our parents got that for me. It was one of those, must have had 20 keys on it or something. That's <laughs> real small. But yeah, I'm not sure how I started uh, playing keyboard. I just kind of, I think during, yeah, I played trumpet in middle school when they had a piano in there and I wasn't really into trumpet. So <laughs> before class, I'd always kind of tinker around on the piano. So that's kind of how it started uh, for me as far as piano. I was going to say, what was, what was Corey, what was Corey's role in this in the early days? <laughs> So I wanted to be Steve Perry, like many, 
musicians before us and, and even after us. And so I wasn't even interested in playing an instrument, to be honest. I just wanted to be a lead singer. And so I fixated on the Steve Perry, the singing thing. And then I think Jason just brought us in as like, hey, I, in fact, it was Battle of the Bands. I was doing this Battle of the Bands thing in like Chilton, Wisconsin or someplace like that. And just said, uh, and this is my recollection, by the way, brothers might have a different story, but said, hey, need you guys to help me practice some songs you know you guys can sing the background or of course can play a little play a little bit of keyboard and i think to me that was a big intro for us we started doing things like that jason they did win the battle of the bands by the way so um but it was things like that and we just sat around and jason pulled us in to do the background stuff and help him when he couldn't practice with the other members and i think that's kind of how it all started and just kind of blossomed from from there yeah, what we call it, Har Harmony Hallway, is when we kind of started started messing around <laughs> yeah. with vocals and Queen stuff and and uh, yeah. taping a, the Radio Shack microphone to Chris's keyboard to try to record stuff on the old Memorex cassettes. Um, yeah, that yeah, that's way back. <laughs> when did yeah. you guys realize that? that you all blended really well together and that you all had a, because I think there's a, there's something that you find, and this can be from two people who aren't brothers, but I think when, when you have people who are brothers, there's, there's a point where you realize, Hey, we really blend well together. We really sound well together. But when, when did that start? Yeah, I guess I could take this one. So I, I don't know if there was one given point. It, it just, I think it kind of naturally progressed from Jason just really wanting us to sing more of the background vocals, to be honest, of the songs. So that's kind of how it started. And I, I, I can't remember, Chris, how we split the, the parts or if Jason would sing lead or if, if Jason was like, hey, Corey, you sing lead and I'll play guitar and Chris, you sing backup or what it was. But it just kind of started that way. And then, you know, we were into, like Jason said, all of the classic rock stuff. I remember, you know, like. You know, songs like um, No Matter What um, by Badfinger and even uh, Still the One by Orleans, if you remember that song. Some of those that had, you know, the, the higher and three-part harmonies in it. And I don't remember how Jason or Chris have got thoughts. I really don't remember how we split the parts, to be honest. I think, Chris, you, you're the one on the keys, right? Just giving yeah, us like, I think... what, what notes to sing or what parts. Right. Yeah, I would kind of just, you know, play the chord on my keyboard and find the first, third and fifth, you know, of the chord and mm -hmm. assign those parts, you know, our natural structure is I'm kind of the middle tone, kind of like a second tenor. Corey's his first tenor, got a bigger range and Jason's a little below me as far as uh, tone. So it kind of naturally just worked out that way. And I remember we we recorded it. We did some harmony for our answering machine at our parents' house. We made up some uh, <laughs> "Call Me Back" kind of song. Uh, so that was that was part of it. And then we uh, eventually, in high school, we got to the talent show, and I think that was kind of for me what I remember where our first kind of performing in front of people was either backyard parties or at the talent show, and that's kind of where it kicked off. And we we did. Uh, Man, we did Heart of the Matter by uh, Don, Don Henley. Henley. We did, um, 
I don't know. I think we did more than words by Extreme and a couple other yeah. ones. So Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton. We did uh, some poison. Yeah, hair band <laughs> music. Yeah, we're all we're all over the map back then. But, right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think after listening, as I mentioned, you we 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 did a lot of taping, and listening to those and playing back the songs that we just did with the harmonies. I think that's when we realized that, uh, gee, this we we have something here. You know, like. Uh, should keep it going and, and actually form a band, which is what, you know, we ultimately did, of course. Yeah. You mentioned a, a really good, important part, and that was uh, you guys recorded yourselves and then listened back to kind of uh, critique and, um, and figure out uh, what you're doing right and what you're doing, what you're doing well and what you're not doing well. Correct. Yeah. 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 Yeah, in fact, we I still have it's a, a four a task cam four track recorder that a, a buddy of mine bought me for my birthday. Um, and I still have it in our garage. If Jason and Chris remember that, it's a four track, literally just four tracks on it. And so we we use that to record four tracks and even bounce some tracks, right? Where you record four and then shift them all to one and then so it was the old school way, right? This is, we're kind of dating ourselves now, but that was way back. So there was some of that. Um, uh, and then I think just through the, through a stereo, you could just record as well from what I remember back then, what you could plug a microphone into like a receiver and just have one real cheap microphone. So yeah, we did a lot of that. We've got some of those cassettes laying around someplace from way back. Um, and we did some originals back then as well. So that was a period of originals. No one really got into that. I I, I liked them, but uh, Mike, you know how that goes yeah. <laughs> uh, in terms of, you know, so we, um, yeah, we definitely listened back and found out what worked and what didn't and kind of went from there. Yeah. I talked about that with, um, with the podcast I did for Wisconsin music podcast, how in the now we record our live shows from the board pretty much every show. And then we all listen back to it. And I think, I think people like you and other bands that get to a high level of precision in their craft. I think that is a tool that a lot of you guys and we do. And I think other bands do is you got to listen back to what you're doing and find out what you're doing right. And what you're doing wrong. Right, Chris. Yeah, exactly. And we didn't, we didn't have a lot of that recording, but why we, like Jason mentioned we went in Harmony Hallway. We had Singer Stairway when we were kids. We go to these places that give you that nice reverb and and just sing acapella stuff, you know. And if something was off, we just kind of fix it and stuff. But yeah, it's it because our grandpa was in a band that that's where the whole music gene comes from. So it's it was pretty natural for us to just kind of fall into that for whatever reason. Um, but that's definitely where it comes from is that side of the family. So, but yeah, we always try to focus on vocals more than anything we wanted to be a vocal band and keep it acoustic with just the three of us and um kind of pick songs that we like and that have a lot of harmony and that other people aren't necessarily doing so kind of separate us from some of the other acoustic acts out there absolutely so at some point you guys form the now like i said i came in 2005 but prior to me, you guys already had the band up and running and doing well. Uh, just kind of go into the origin story of of how the now actually started before I came on the scene. 
Yeah, so I think we, I was just digging through this. I think we started the now in, uh, in 2000, I think is when we first started. Um, the 3D was still playing. Corey and I met with uh, Mike Shumway and Jeff Gish, who are the bass player and drummer from the band The Britons, which is a Beatles tribute. So somehow the four of us got together and wanted to start kind of an 80s rock band doing stuff like Bon Jovi, Journey, Sticks, Night Ranger, kind of a just an 80s rock band to kind of rival some of the big local bands at the time, like the Toys and Love Monkeys and Sweet Tarts and stuff like that. So I think we met at a bar and kind of decided we'd give it a shot and uh, hired a, a guitarist who played for us for a few years. I remember the the name, I went online to this random band name generator where it just spits out um, <laughs> names of bands. So I think some of the some of the ones I remember were Mr. Twister yeah. uh, Signature, which I liked. I liked that one. And Liquid Plaid, that was another one. So then the Now came up, and for whatever reason, we picked that. So um, that's kind of how it started. We, Like I said, we had a guitarist uh, named Ty for the first few years. Um, that kind of wasn't working out too well, wasn't kind of going in the direction we wanted to so we were looking for another guitarist and that's when brother jason stepped in and kind of pl uh, played electric guitar with us while we were searching for uh a new guitarist and then mike we you we brought you on board for tryouts i think in Corey's basement if i remember right and 2005 right. yeah 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 so it, obviously it was a great addition we you know we liked what you were doing and your attitude and everything and uh, so then Corey and I stuck around another couple of years. We left in 2005. Um, and now, Mike, you kind of took the ball and ran with it, and you're still going with the now, going strong, and kind of brought it to another level. So that, that's – we love seeing that. Glad you guys are still around, and we're able to say, hey, we were part of the, the origin of that. So that's for – and venues you play, and you got merchandise and everything. So – Props to you guys for, for keeping it going. And I know you put a lot of hard work into it. So, Pretty Oh, cool. thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was, um, it was a great time. I do remember that, uh, Corey's house, uh, in the basement there. And I yeah. remember, uh, coming down there and I remember we did, don't tell me you love me. Yes. And I remember that, that was, that was a. I Ranger. Yeah. I was yeah. terrified to, to play that song with you guys. So <laughs> Yeah, I was absolutely terrified to to play that. But uh yeah, so then I'm obviously I come along in uh 2005, joined the band and uh we hit her hard and uh, had a great uh great summer that summer. Eventually you guys, Chris and uh Corey, decided they wanted to step away from the now and i do want to just touch real quick a lot of people ask me all the time what the name the now means and i never really knew the complete origin story until you just told me it <laughs> <laughs> so now i know it was a random band there generator. You go. It means yeah. nothing really <laughs> random band generator awesome so then at That's some point right. you guys decide that you wanted to step away from the band uh and uh, I'll just let you tell you, tell why why you guys because that that had to be a, I know it was a hard decision I could see it in your guys eyes when we had the band meetings uh, at the time you guys struggled with that decision big time so talk a little bit about um, 
the, the difficulties in, in making a big decision like that, stepping away from uh, from the band. Yeah, it was definitely tough. Like you said, in 2005, I think that's when we left. Um, for me, it was just the commitment of it. We played a lot of gigs in between the now and 3D. We were playing almost every weekend. Um, I was running both websites. We were doing T-shirts and beads and uh, handing out Tootsie Pops for some reason. I don't know why we started doing that, but that was that was in the mix for a while. But yeah, so for me, it was just kind of, um, you know, we all have our, our day jobs and keeping up with that in our personal lives and um, just want to free time. Like I said, playing every weekend kind of uh, just starts to wear on you. And back then it was, you know, 9.30 to 1.30, getting out of the bars late, getting home at 4 a.m. And, and stuff like that. So for me, it was, like I said, just a little too much of a commitment uh, that I was that I was looking for. So yeah, it was definitely hard to walk away. We had a lot of good times, good gigs, and it, just a great group of guys that, you know, we all gelled pretty well together. And uh, I'm glad to say we're all still friends and talk to each other when we can and see each other's bands when we can and stuff. So yeah, it was definitely tough, but um, I think for me, I just needed to just kind of slow down a little bit after, uh, you know, five years of kind of being on the run like that. So. And you as well, Corey, same reasons. Yeah, pretty much same reasons. You know, we, we wanted to start a family, my wife and I, and, and I know Jason's got kids and I'm married and got kids. And, and so really wanted to do that. Yeah. Same thing with as Chris, it's just, well, you know, Mike, it's, it's a, it's a grind, man. It's a grind. It's a commitment. And I, and kudos to, to people like you that are out there grinding. It's not just playing the gigs and it's way beyond that, right? You got to hustle on the side with promo and marketing advertisement and right. Showing up at the venues before the gigs, right. It, it well in advance, not just the day of. And yeah, it's, um, so it's just, it's a grind. And a lot of people don't realize, don't realize that. So that's the same thing as Chris just wanted to take a step back, but we still, and to this day, we still have a passion for music. So. Absolutely. I mean, as now you guys are doing, you guys, it's not like you guys got away from performing music. You just wanted to do it in a, in a lesser, at a lesser level, something right. that fit your schedule more. Correct. Right. So now, so you guys then transition into doing mostly acoustic shows, if, if I'm correct on that. So why don't you, Jason, uh, let us know how, how you guys transitioned to doing the acoustic shows and uh, where that took you after the now. Yeah, and to the, the points you guys hit on, you know, being in a full band, that, that is a big commitment. And um, I think my brothers would also agree, you know, that we, we still miss the sound of the plugging in with the full band and the bass player and the drummer. Um, but as we started developing more as, as 3D and, and the vocal harmonies and going acoustic, um, there we found that, that that was kind of a niche, especially going back 15, 20 years ago, not a lot of bands, you know, would pull out one or two acoustic guitars and, and a keyboard and set up and, and, and just play without that, the element of the drums and, and the bass. So um, we did uh, actually, we, we had a drum machine for a while. I, I, I was going to comment on that. It was a, a DR5 drum machine. Um, and that, that was a daunting task. That was back then we, we actually programmed all the drum tracks 
you know, quarter notes, eight notes, and we don't, we don't know how to read music. So it would literally take us like a day and you could actually program both the drums. I mean, hi-hat, the bass, the snare, um, as well as the bass line. So we actually uh, used that for several years um, just to kind of have that filler in the back. And then every show we get a comment from a drummer in the audience, hey, you guys need to get a real drummer, man. That It sounds too processed. And so anyway, um, you know, that just kind of fell to the wayside. And we truly just started doing the acoustic three-piece. Um, and again, I think a lot of bars uh, and venues, especially um, maybe that don't have the footprint to bring in a full band, uh, we kind of that can be ad advantageous to smaller bands such as us, you know, and doing the acoustic thing. And and getting back to the types of songs, and you know, we really love to emphasize the three-part harmonies. Um, I guess we always felt we could achieve that with just kind of stripping down and and not having to to plug in and get with the full sound if you will and just keep it simple it's just us three at the end of the night we we pack up our our pa system half of or you know third goes in each one of our suvs and you know and, and the gigs now are early you know chris mentioned we used to play the, the nine to one slot ten to two at times and now seven to ten eight to eleven and we're home before midnight so it's um yeah so i i think uh it's while we still would love to sit in with the now uh and you know do the full band thing that'd be mm -hmm. awesome um you know we, we do miss that but um i you know we we really i've always enjoyed the acoustic uh you know the, the versions of songs we do acoustic style i guess i'd say yeah I, I think what you said is really important because when you take a song that does have a good harmony structure in it and you can strip away the loud drums and loud bass and all the loudness of the song. You just strip it down to, you know, acoustic guitars. Obviously, you have Chris on piano, too. So you're stripping it down to a lot less sound, you know, pressure, so to speak. I think you can really then dial in and hear those harmonies a lot better than maybe you could with a full band, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yep, and... How we kind of set our system up, we kind of always make sure the vocals are first and foremost on, on you know, yeah, absolutely. That and then, right? That I mean, that's what you guys are all about is the harmonies do with you three guys singing together for as long as you have. It's funny because with the the acoustic nature of things now is that there's so many more places to play with acoustic mm -hmm. music. You know, there's so many places that are having solos duos trios because a lot of especially after covid everyone just kind of built a patio and you know so i think there's a lot more opportunities for you guys doing the acoustic stuff for sure would you agree yeah i would say that's a great great point it is yeah we we're in, in a good spot today because of that you're right but you've got high inflation you've got yeah covid that drove these bars to put patios out there but they don't have money to pay for full bands um, people are coming out, you know, staying out, uh, not as late, right. They're ending a little bit earlier, not drinking as much, but again, going out to hear some of these acoustic acts. So I think from that perspective, yeah, we're, we're in a, a good spot where we can play day shows. We can play right night shows, but it's these smaller venues where just, you, they can fit three people two, one. So yeah, I think we're in a good spot from that perspective. I think with the acoustic 
stuff too because i remember when me and, and jeff gish we did an acoustic duo for a while and it's it's kind of nice because you can kind of do things your own way and you you have an ability to kind of make the songs your own kind of even though it's acoustic and i think there is a kind of a there's a kind of cool cool thing about doing an acoustic show where you can kind of strip things down, maybe change things up a little bit here and there, and you can still be able to kind of make it kind of your own, you know? Yeah, we do. I, I love it. Yeah, we do different intros and outros. We run songs uh, into one another, right, where we'll just transition right into other songs and kind of make things our own. Um we, we typically do, the, I think, the same. We try to maintain the same key, but sometimes we'll change keys to fit with us better or fit into another song. And, and so, yeah, so we're, I think, we're really big on that. We might add a vocal harmony part. We try to stay true to the, the recordings as best we can. But at the same time, you're right. We still try to add a little bit of our own element to it. And if there's two part harmony, we can add a third part. Yeah, I think one one other comment. Um, it's it's more of a, a challenge when when you are an acoustic band because we we'll we'll do practices. We'll try to do a practice every couple months, and and you know you guys know best, right? We'll come up with a list of you know maybe five six songs, and we're like, oh, these these three are going to sound awesome, and we'll learn them. <laughs> but sometimes they sound empty because you're either missing the drummer or the bass player, so it's. It's like certain songs, oh, they sound beautiful acoustically and, and we and we do it and they, they work great. And there's others too. I think we, we wish we could throw in, in our repertoire, but um you know, there there's always that place for the drummer and the bass and, and we just try to make it work on all the acoustic songs or versions of songs we do. So Oh, that that's a great point. That's a great point. Sometimes you do just, and I think that happens in live bands, you know, full full bands, I should say too. Is sometimes you put the song together, and something, you know, sometimes, you know, what I mean, it's like you you play the song in rehearsal, and there's those songs where you run through it the first time, and you're like, okay, put it in a set, right? And then there's other times you run through it four or five times, you're like, I don't know about this one. I don't know about this song. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know if this song fits us right. I don't know if it's right. And you kind of tweak the key a little bit, or you tweak the arrangement a little bit, and you're like, I don't know. I don't. Not feeling that. Not feeling it right off the bat, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> that happens a lot. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about harmony. I love harmony. You guys obviously love harmony. So that is the thing that sticks out the most to me in most songs that I listen to. Talk about how you guys go about figuring out. I know you said you guys kind of have a range that each person kind of has a part. So when you're approaching a song, is it like, is it pretty much a given? Okay, this is Corey's part or this is Chris's part. Is it pretty much a given or do you guys come into the rehearsal kind of not really knowing what yeah, we- you're going to sing? Yeah, yeah. so it, it is kind of known, and obviously we've been doing it for 30 years, so we kind of have it down pat that, yes, Chris is the middle guy. I take the high stuff, and Jason takes the the lower stuff. If I sing lead, then I jump up to the high part when it comes to the higher harmony part. Um, and then some stuff, so it's, it's just a given. We By now, we just listen to the song on our own, and we automatically are just able to pick out right? Low, middle, and high parts, which parts are ours. We come together, we might have to tweak it a little bit, um, but we got it down pat by now. And then sometimes we might have to shift it. Um, if it's if it's too high, right, we might have to shift it where, you know, if I'm singing lead and, uh, or how, how would that work, where Chris has got to shift it 
uh, to to sing lower than me um, or two steps lower. It just depends on the the caliber of the song, and and so we might have to shift the parts once in a while. But for the most part, yeah, it's just you try to pick songs where it's like, oh, that's meant for us. It's the three parts we can easily do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think you covered it well. You know, um, I'm just happy that my brothers let me sing lead on two songs. <laughs> two songs. So. Well, I mean, but you, I think all three of you guys are essentially lead vocalists. Would you not agree? Uh, I know Corey, Chris, definitely. Um, you know, it's I'd say me. Um, my comfort zone is is the backup vocals, but I, you know, I can I can sing a little Tom Petty and some Goo Goo Dolls. You know couple of songs tonight but um my comfort you know, zone is still a backup backup singer are you usually singing below melody typically jason yeah. most of the time yeah yep for me that's always the hardest one to hear do, do you mm -hmm. find that when you're listening to a when you're listening to or learning a song to me the one that's above mm -hmm. melody is always sticks out like a sore thumb and maybe it's just the okay. way i hear things the lower ones below melody are always tough for me to figure out yep and, and so thankfully that's where we rely on, on chris to you know because a lot of times if you leave it up to me i'd probably be singing an octave you know and he's like no you got to shift it down here's your part you know he'll play it on the keys and then all of a sudden Okay, I got it. I got it. But yeah, you're you're right, Mike. It it can get buried in the in the mix for sure. Right, especially you got three. If you're going to have three parts, you, you don't want to have an octave and one harmony, right? You you want to have two harmonies, right, Corey? Like you don't want right. to have an octave. You could put an octave in four parts or five parts, but if you're just doing three parts, you definitely don't want to have an octave there. Sometimes that can sound that can sound a little uh, sound a little wonky, right? True. That's very true. Now there's are some songs, you know, like we do, um, uh, I think it was like, it's a Holland Oates tune is that she's gone where there is, uh, there is, a uh, just an, they sing octaves, right? And there are certain songs that, that have that, where they have them singing octaves and the song sounds good. So we'll do one or two like that. But for the most part, yeah, we try to make sure it is true harmony. Yeah. So, Corey sings melody uh, on the on the lead songs, and since he's the higher range, when we get to the chorus, I'll take the melody, and Corey will jump up to the high part because um, that's kind of our comfort zone. So that's kind of how we structure the songs that Corey sings lead on. He he'll sing the melody when we get to the chorus. He jumps up, I take melody. Jason goes lower than me, and then when he's back in the verse, he's back at the melody. So I don't know if people realize that or not, but it's kind of how we structure pretty much every song. So then when I sing lead, I'm just melody the whole way through. Corey's above me and Jason's below me. So well, that's good. That's that's tough for you, Corey, though, because you're jumping from yeah melody, melody to harmony. Well, he handles it well, <laughs> but it's, it, it it takes it takes a lot of work. I I think that a lot of guys uh, do that that uh have a because you're you're you you're a high tenor i thought you were a soprano yeah i you know it's a tough one i don't, I don't want to years ago he was probably i don't want to oversell myself but uh <laughs> yeah you know i used to be i guess a soprano and now maybe more first tenor somewhere in between in between that the older i get right the harder it gets but sure. but i'm still up in that up in that range and then again stamina right it's just more of a stamina thing right i can sing 
high stuff once if I had to, but it's just doing a, you know, Mike doing a full night of it. And we're singing on every single song, pretty much all of us sing all night long. And then yeah, right. we, have, we having to jump to the high parts and sing that all night long. It just, yeah, you got to build stamina. Um, and it just, yeah, it doesn't get easier as the years go by. That's for sure. Yeah, that's why it's nice that Corey and I basically split the songs in half on leads. So we try to structure the song list where we kind of alternate a little bit so no one's getting, you know, burnt out too quick throughout the night. So, Oh, that's that's definitely, I mean, you look at any band that has a lot of vocalists in the band, for the most part, they do try to give each other a break where they can. We, we do that currently in the now, too, where we we switch up who's singing lead you know and give the other person a break it's it's amazing how much a break can be if you don't have to sing the melody if you just got to come in and out on harmony like it's amazing how much that really does give you a break (laughs) for sure yeah yeah it does yeah for sure so then obviously like you said the delegation of parts it's kind of fits around the structure where you guys sit with your, with your vocal range, obviously. And Corey gets the, uh, the, the double work because he can sing in a higher range. So he gets to sing melody and jump up to high harmony. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think when I, when I, you know, obviously I've known you seen you, it was funny when I started the band, it was, probably the most easiest job I had in the band because I didn't have to sing anything. Cause you guys had four vocalists in the band and I was like, oh, that's right. Awesome. And I never drank more at a show than I ever did when I was in the band early <laughs> on because, and I remember I would stay up late, like, Oh, we got a show the next day. It's like, Oh, I can be up to like four in the morning. It doesn't even matter. I don't have to sing. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was amazing. Yeah, Like, Can't... like, like Corey mentioned that stamina is a big thing, you know, compared to 20 years ago, we'd be, have a couple of shots before we go up and be fine have a gig the next day. And now it's like, man, we, uh, we get to certain songs and it's like, ah, oh, I can't do this one tonight. I'm not, you know, I'm having struggle, you know, I'm struggling and we'll have to skip it and go to something else. And we're sick. You know, we went through this whole round of being sick that over Christmas, everybody had that three, four week, you know, uh. cold or whatever. And we just had to kind of suffer through it. And whoever's, the sick one would just call the shots on what songs we're going to do to make sure we can, we can get through it. So yeah, our stamina stamina is definitely different than it was when we were in our twenties, you know, do you guys uh, adjust keys uh, much in the band? Do do you find a need to have to do that at all? No, trying to find, you know, what the right key is. We generally try to keep it the original key. Once in a while we'll, we'll hear an acoustic cover of uh you know that we see online and maybe they do it in a different key so we'll kind of match that but we try to at least stay close so it's not super noticeable that it's you know sounding not quite right for some reason so yeah we try to keep it keep it to the original key yeah i think it helps when you have you know vocalists that have strong vocals in their respective ranges i think that helps you be able to pick songs that you don't have to do a lot of changing in because right. you know, if, you, if you, let's say you had a lead vocalist who has a more of a baritone range, well, then you're going to be changing keys quite a lot. We have a, a, a unique situation with the, our current singer now, Jeanette, is where we're having to raise keys because wow. sometimes yeah. it's, it's just a little yeah. low for her. 
Mm-hmm. And so we'd have, and that's, that becomes problematic a little bit with the, with the tuning, as you well know, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Right. Based on the song we pick, we kind of know who's going to sing it based on, you know, the range for doing a sticks song, you know, it's not going to be me singing it. It's going to be Corey. And if it's something a little, little lower then it's more comfortable for me to, to handle. So. Do you guys um, ever go into a, like a rehearsal and you're working on a new song and you really, really wanted to sing that song. And then the other brother's like, <laughs> the other brother's like, yeah, well, I'm just going to take lead on this one. And you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, dude. Go ahead. Yeah, now I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> no, we try to work it out beforehand, you know, but oh. Like I was saying, it sometimes frustrating part is if we really like a song and we think it's gonna, you know, really go over well, we start practicing it and it doesn't seem like it's right and we gotta trash it before it even gets out of the gate. You know, it's a little frustrating, but yeah. um, it, that happens sometimes. You kind of know if it's gonna work or not based on how the harmonies sound and if it's the right range for us and that kind of thing, so. Yeah, there's been many songs that we have rehearsed in the basement that never saw a stage because we just didn't just didn't feel like we had it and it just didn't sound right and like i don't think this is the right song for us i don't even think we should put this in front of an audience right (laughs) or on the other side there's a song that we really like and we think it sounds good but it doesn't go over well you know people aren't really into it and then we gotta trash it so (laughs) yeah you spend the whole boatload of time getting it down perfect and you're like man we're nailing this we got this down (laughs) tight and then you play it and everyone's like yeah what's next (laughs) exactly (laughs) like all that work (laughs) yeah for sure well obviously now you guys are doing the acoustic thing and you're loving that and and that's working out for you still i think all band members struggle with this and talked about this on another podcast too is is that trying to juggle family life other interests other things that you want to do while also having that passion to play music um why don't you speak to that a little bit jason and uh how, how do you guys handle that uh the ever trying to juggle time yeah yeah that's uh i have to say uh you know both Corey and i with our families, we, we've got uh, both, we both have two kids. I've got a, a son, he's a sophomore in college, and then I've got a five-year-old daughter. So big age gap there. So, um, you know, having kids, yeah, it's a commitment, of course. And um, thankfully between all three of us and all of our very loving and understanding wives that we have, um, we balance it out. You know, it's, I, I think for all three, three of our families, you know, it's always family first, you know, kids stuff, important things that we don't want to miss out on that takes the the priority. And then um, around that, we then will, uh, you know, focus on the band stuff and, and, and book things around, you know, the family events. Um, and uh, it can become a juggling act, especially, you know, if we get the summer fest offers or, the big outdoor gigs. Um, and then we always try to make that work, of course. If we can juggle our family schedules around, we'll do that. Um, and then we've, for years now, the longer that I can remember, we just kind of had this unwritten rule. It's like, all right, well, let's, you know, it's twice a month. Let's let's play out twice a month. Um, you know, if we can fit a third one in, like a summer fest, we'll do that. And, and that allows us to, you know, play our music, and which we love. and also allows us to have the a couple weekends uh, a month to do the family stuff so 
Um, no, that's that, great. That, that's what you need to do. And then thankfully, us all being brothers and all being close, we we get, hey, there's a soccer game out of town. That that That's important. You don't want to miss that. So we kind of all understand each other's, you know, family lives, if you will. And any, uh, obviously with brothers, you got to bicker from time to time. <laughs> so I'm sure you have your, your little moments, just like, you know, I mean, you have your little little disagreements and bickering with regular band members and with your brothers, I, you know, that's probably got another layer to it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, we, we get that asked a lot, you know, sometimes that case of, would you, you guys, have you guys always gotten along? And, you know, when we were, you know, 10 and 12, no, we, we fought like, you know, normal siblings would fight. Um, but I think since we established the band, that's, that's really brought us together. And I think, I mean, I can't remember the last big argument or disagreement yeah. we had, you know, if, if anything, it's, it's bantering or brick or anything like, oh, you know, Corey, why don't you, why do you, why do you want to do the song? Why don't you want to learn the song or you know vice versa you know it's like one of us maybe wants to really do a song and the other one or two don't want to but it's it's more i'd say if anything it's um constructive criticism like no jason you're singing that part wrong how many times i gotta tell you you know it's it's here (laughs) you know and and um but as far as disagreements i mean we're all pretty laid back you know mild-mannered for the most part so um i don't know unless you guys want to chime in i can't remember the last time we Really yeah, I don't, I don't think so. That's the beauty of having an odd number of uh, band members because it's, it's kind of a majority rules, you know, two against one. So, <laughs> is that um, how, that's how it goes down? Pretty much. But like you said, Pretty we much. don't really argue. There's nothing really to argue about other than you know if someone doesn't think a song is going to work or or whatever. But what well, is another thing you mentioned too? And I think this is um, at the core of all acts like you that sound really top-notch is that there has to be people in the band that are willing to look at the other band member and be like you're not playing that right you're not singing like that's not right so you know let's let's get it right and i talk about this a lot is that bands need people in their band that are willing to not only willing to say it but band members also have to be understand and and be able to take the constructive criticism right that's the hard part absolutely yep. that, yeah yeah we uh, yeah when, when we play out we, we probably do it too much is if somebody screws up on stage <laughs> we give the other guy a look, look. and it's maybe <laughs> other people don't see it but you're shamed oh yeah it's a for years we've been doing that right like that's you your hear, penalty for screwing up so yeah, you are definitely yeah. shamed, but but in a in a good, playful, loving, brotherly way. But yeah, definitely right. We hear every single mistake, and you don't let it go on on stage. And again, <laughs> audience, we try not to let them in on it, but we definitely look at each other. And so sure. yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Got got to point it out. And yeah, that's, otherwise, how do you improve? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I think you know. Just like any other, t- I always kind of make an analogy that a band is a team, just like a, a professional mm-hmm. sports team. And so you're going to watch game film. You're going to figure out what you're doing right, figuring out what you're doing wrong. And it's not about calling you out 
you know, on a personal level, it's just about making the team better. And I always say, like when we record our shows and then I send it out to everybody in the band, everyone listens to it. When we show up at rehearsal, everyone is required to come with notes of things that they heard that weren't correct or that we got to tighten up. And I always say, you know, tell me what the heck I'm doing wrong. Be like, if you hear something that I'm doing that's not right, like, don't be afraid to point it out to me because I want to know. I don't want to be the, the, you know, the dummy up there that just keeps playing it wrong all the time. And no one's, everyone's afraid to say something like that doesn't help the team. Right. Yeah. And it helps that we're, you know, we're not a full band. We have two guitars and a keyboard. So that narrows down your, uh, we try to structure the guitars similar. So they know, you know, if when they're both playing, you can tell if someone's off and keyboard, you know, you can tell that as well. And vocals, we've been singing long enough where we know something's off. So it's since it's that more kind of a raw sound, you can tell pretty easily when when someone's not uh, singing or playing something correctly. So. With you being the you know a, a keyboard player, are you using the keyboard to kind of? Because when Scott was in our band years ago, he played piano, and and that was a really big help because he was able to actually play the part uh you know individually on the keys and that really helped a couple guys in the band really narrow in some of those notes yeah that's exactly what we do and what we've been doing since this is actually so 2024 marks our our 30th year of playing gigs so we started that way with you know plunking it on the keyboard and and we still do it uh when we're learning songs now if we don't already know the song uh in our heads we yeah, we go to my keyboard and and just find out what the notes should be and kind of just say, okay, here's your part, Corey, you're singing melody, I'm singing this kind of thing, and just keep at it till, till we get it right. So, yeah, it's definitely a huge help having that piano or keyboard there to guide us what uh, the right notes are. Yeah, for sure, big time, big time. Well, let's talk about uh, what you guys, uh, you know, you got the current, obviously the music scene right now is, I, I characterize it as it's, it's hyper saturated. Cause like I said before, there's just any given Saturday, not only is there the full bands out there that are playing, but there's, you know, acoustic solos, duos, people like you trios at every bar on every corner. How do you guys, uh, you know, feel about like where the current music uh, situation is at as far as availability gigs and, and, and places to play for you guys, especially for acoustic uh, acoustic trio, Corey. Yeah, so like I mentioned before, I, I think we're in a fortunate spot. Like you said, there's a lot of acoustic acts out there. You know, we're right in between, though. We're not, you know, we're a three-piece. We kind of consider ourselves, we hate to call us like a showcase band, but we, we're not just background music in, in our opinion, but we're not a full band by any means. So we're right in that, we're right on the top cusp of the of the acoustic acts so yeah we're, we're still getting you know we're at this point we're still we're turning down stuff um so we're, we're super fortunate um but yeah there are a ton of bars like i said that have acoustic acts and some are tons of bars have added garage doors or have patios where right there's just so many different options out there that we didn't have in the past so we are in a in a, in a good spot from that that perspective yeah and i think with you and i think because you have the two guitars and the keyboards i think and then three voices 
I think you guys sound fuller than any of the other acoustic tracks mm-hmm. that I see because I think it's because that keyboard really helps because that really adds a texture mm-hmm. that you're not getting just from two acoustic guitars that really, really adds a, a big, large texture to it. And then obviously having three vocalists that can sing three-part harmonies, you're, you're never kind of stuck with just one or two parts, right? Yeah, and for me, playing the keyboard, you know, I, I play octaves with my left hand, which is basically our bass guitar on my left hand. So it kind of fills in that low end when I'm doing that. You know, and if I was in full bands, I might not play that low, low bass note, let the bass player handle that. But with our three piece, it kind of has to be there. Otherwise, it sounds a little little thin, you know. So, And then That's for percussion, we throw a, throw a tambourine or shaker in there once in a while to fill out some mm-hmm. percussion and we're good yeah. to go. No, you guys mix it up a lot. I mean, I haven't seen you in a while, but I mean, I, I whenever you guys post videos uh, recently, I've, I've always checked it out. And I like the stuff you guys are doing, like just like at your house or at, you must have been at rehearsal or something. We just throwing some, some harmonizing and just cutting into some stuff that that stuff's really, really good too. So I love that stuff. So what's, what's coming up next for you guys, Chris, what, what, what do you guys got ahead? I know you said you want to play about two times a month. What do you guys got coming up ahead? Yeah, we're going to, like I said, this is marks our 30th year. We're going to keep doing one or two gigs a month summer. We already booked a few outdoor shows for the summer. Um, yeah, last year we booked, I think, 22 shows. So we're kind of usually right around there each year. Um, that's the new venues. Like Corey mentioned, people are kind of expanding their um, their places and installing garage doors and giving us more space to play in the summer. So we got some new venues that we're booking. And on the larger scale, Corey's daughter, Aria. Corey, you want to talk about her a little bit? Yeah, so fortunate to be blessed with a, a daughter who now has a, a great talent that sings very well and plays. So she's she's 14, but she you wouldn't guess that she looks a lot older and she's just her, her presence and so forth. So now she's been sitting in with us um, about a half an hour of mater- material. She'll sit in for us one or two songs with us three fully and then on our break for that for a three-hour show we take a 20-minute or half-hour break her and i will play that basically that full break of all of her music which is cover stuff but it's some newer stuff she sings and plays piano um but what's nice about it is it's not the the classic rock we do a variety of stuff as well but hers is truly like most of the new stuff um, and some of these up and coming artists that I've never heard of that she just has her own spin on. And we've gotten a really good reaction to that. So looking forward to hopefully expanding that with her, um, sitting with band and playing and, and so forth. That's been a really big, uh, big thing for us. I'm hoping we continue to do that and build her, uh, build her set list up as well. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's, it's, it's funny how sometimes when you have someone who's musical in the family and then the offspring sometimes are not musical at all. Right. I mean, my, <laughs> nobody in my family played any instruments, did any singing, doing anything. So, but here you are, you got Corey and then of course his daughter can sing and play. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's great. It's great. We, you know, like I said, I'll, I'll play guitar and just I'll, I'm the background guy and have her just be out lead. And then, but the same thing we'll learn stuff on our own i'll just say hey bring me a song and let me know and you know a lot of the newer stuff is three four chords no bridge <laughs> right so and there's just some good stuff out there by all means but it's, it's 
to me, it's much more simpler. And that's just because of the way social media and radio is today. Radio. Is there even such thing as a radio today? Um, <laughs> but so that type of thing. So a lot of those are real easy to learn and she just puts her own spin on it. Um, and they, they go over well. It's um, yeah. So just super fortunate to, to have her never pushed her. Um, but just, yeah, fortunate that she uh, got into it and we'll keep, keep supporting that. You bet. Yeah, she's fearless, you know, 14 years old. She just gets up there and has that. And that's really, really cool to see. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Cool. Well, obviously the general speaking, your set list pretty, I know, I know it's pretty wide ranging, but what, what, what are you guys doing any, uh, so describe what your, basically your set list looks like these days. Yeah. You know, I just, reviewed it uh before we we got on here and we actually typical night we do like 32 to 35 songs and they're actually all different artists so we have 30 songs and 30 different artists so we try to kind of do a blend so that everybody out there has can hopefully find something they like whether it's a couple country songs or some you know old school eagle stuff we used to do some three dog night then we get into some night ranger and kind of a wide uh, variety of stuff but like we said we try to pick songs that are, are focused on Wilco harmonies because nash is kind of our go-to for me anyways that's kind of what i always wanted to be like is that type of harmonies where it's just you know dead on so we stick with the classic rock kind of stripped down again it's just the raw vocals that we're mainly interested in back it up with some acoustic guitars and keyboards that's awesome no it's it's like I said, I've always obviously been a huge fan of you guys. When I auditioned for the band, I was like, oh, man, I really hope I get this job. I really hope I get this job. Like, you know, that's, I better effing get this job. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was it was a pleasure being in the band with you guys. It was it was awesome just being 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 a part of that whole early beginning of the band. And and I like to see what you guys have done now. And I, I'm glad that you guys continue to play because I say this a lot about a few people is that, for guys with like you that have three talented dudes like you guys to just sit home and not share that gift, that's not like cool. Like that, that would not be good for the universe. Like you guys need to be out there. And I wish you guys could play more because I wish more people could see you. But um, I really do enjoy the fact that you guys are still out there doing it for sure, 100%. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. What's the, what's the website? Is it the same, still the same website address? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. So it's 3dbrothers.com. 3dbrothers.com. Number three, letter D, brothers.com. We also have a Facebook page. Um, next gig is March 8th at Foxtown Annex in Mequon. Um, cool. Really cool place. They got a, a few different buildings, nice restaurant. They got a great beer selection and wine that they serve. So it's a nice kind of a laid back place. Newer place for us. We've been there a few times before, but yeah, that's coming up on March 8th. So that's our next next show. We have off that weekend, so I'm definitely going to pop in on that one. That's in Mech yeah. one. That's not too far from me. Yeah, you got an acoustic guitar you can bring? Yeah. Maybe I'll bring some maracas. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Always welcome to sit in by any no, means. You guys as well. You guys as well, obviously. Anytime you come, you just let me know, and you're coming up there anytime you want. Anything, anything you want, man. 
Well, I appreciate you guys coming on uh, on the show, and um, I'll put all the links to all you guys' social media down in the show notes uh, of the episode. And I uh, really appreciate speaking time with you. Uh, you got Jason DeBrawl, Corey DeBrawl, and Chris DeBrawl of 3D, the DeBrawl brothers. Thank you guys for hanging out. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, appreciate, it. appreciate it. Thank you. You're listening to the Rossa Report.